welcome to CX Today. My name is Charlie, and today we're going to be talking about the evolution of the CCAS industry as I talk to the CEO and CMO of the CCAS provider uh, with the highest NPS score in the market, according to the uh, G2 Summer Reports that I was reading last year, and that is UJet. So, yes, as I teased, I'm joined by Anand uh, Yane Folkar, CEO of UJet, and Baker Johnson, CMO of UJet. And thanks both very much for joining me today. I'm excited to get straight into this conversation. And I'll, Anand, I'll start with you. Um, and I first kind of want to ask across the contest center space, what are the most noticeable trends that you've witnessed uh, in 2023? Yeah, Charlie, thanks for, thanks for having us. Um, so I, I think it's a rapidly evolving sector. Um, I think part of it is just catching up where with enterprise software and the just infusion of AI that is happening uh, really rapidly. Um, but I think uh, what we're seeing and what we expect to see going forward is really the the merging of a lot of different macro actions that are happening. Let me let me articulate that a little bit better. So let's say you're you're trying to uh, go to work in the morning um, and your your garage door is just not working. And so the first thing that you do there is you don't look for the number and contact customer support, which was the action that you would have done maybe 15 years ago. You'd go to your popular search engine or YouTube and see like, okay, how has someone fixed this or something like that? So that is how customer support as a start or initiation has evolved over the years. So what we expect to see is that to kind of go the whole distance. So uh, we expect customer experience to kind of blend in with search. And definitely what we're seeing is that search and AI or Gen AI is really blending together. So I think the lines will be completely blurred between search, CX and uh, Gen AI. And I think that is great for customers um, because they don't have to have a particular way of uh, reacting to a situation if it's predominantly in the very, very consumer area as opposed to the enterprise area or opposed to your, your car versus your TV versus your um, computer. Um, so I think that is a great trend that we're, we're just seeing the, the initiation of. Um, the other trend that we're seeing, um, and it's just no, no surprise, is uh, virtual agents. And I think the world has moved away from deflection during COVID days where you just needed to deflect because you just didn't know whether your agents are available or able to connect or can get to the premises with a reliable internet connection. And you saw the rise of chatbots and you've seen the decline of chatbots because people got frustrated with them and they didn't really bring much substance to it other than just saying, we've heard you. And uh, and then what we see is people then post, posting caustic reviews on social media because they just couldn't get a solution. So that has kind of gone away and now it's uh, virtual agents that have very specialized task uh, algorithms. And these could be rebooking an itinerary, uh, rebooking your cancel flight in light of what's happening here, at least in the United States, where a lot of flight cancellations have happened over the last week, um, I, all, all the way to uh, processing a credit card, adding a service to your subscription, so on and so forth. So I think those are the two major trends that uh, we're seeing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll kind of second uh, both of those two, in fact, Whenever I try and support, uh, contact a customer support, it is always kind of type into Google, maybe see if I can find a video that shows me how to do something if I'm troubleshooting, or maybe just to go through live chat. 
um, too. And then on the virtual agents uh, side, obviously, we've seen so much cool stuff with generative AI, especially actually from Google Dialogflow. And I know you've worked very closely right. with, uh, with Google um, too. I think that's been particularly interesting. But I don't know, maybe Baker, if you want to double down on any of those, or if there's any other trends that you'd uh, like to discuss too. Yeah, I think the the two things in OnShare that that really stand out to me are, you know, obviously the the Gen AI explosion, um, and what he coined rapid evolution. I, I would call accelerated disruption, right? So really, all the trends we've seen in the market um, are derivative of what happened with Gen AI this past year. But you know, disruptions never meet. Um, it was a really good year for technology advancements. It was a pretty challenging year. I think for operations and for projects, because with disruption comes a lot of new questions, a lot of new processes, a lot of new skill sets, resource requirements. Um, and I think not just enterprises, but even SMBs have been wrestling with these questions and, and how to sort of get ahead in this new world order. So um, it's been, it was a good year. It was a, it was a truly disruptive year. And I think we'll start to see the curves move a little bit more in 24. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, you, you talk about a bit about how kind of Gen AI has kind of uh, is now augmenting some of virtual agents and just how much it has disrupted that field. I mean, using Google as an example, again, the fact that you can just with natural language inputs, build your own bot, just say, I want it to cover this topic and I want it to connect uh, to these uh, bits of software and then it builds uh, that. Is, it's just amazing and something we could never have thought about maybe over a year ago. Um, so I think that's a very interesting discussion about the evolution of what we're seeing in the contact um, center space. I do want to talk a bit uh, about what you're doing at UJet to kind of uh, meet those and react to those trends. Um, so yeah, Anand, again, I'll start with you on this one. Yeah. So, so multifold, right? Just, just going off of what you just mentioned. Um, I think virtual agents augmenting is a little bit of yesteryears. Yes, I know the market's catching up and not everyone's truly augmenting to the level of how we're able to do it with dialogue flow as well as a deep, deep integration where it's not just a handoff or hand in, which to me just uh, is, is is just signaling that you have a very uh, antique or obsolete stack and you need to do a handoff or hand into uh, an AI code base, which you're just not uh, stylistically or code base wise set up to do. But um, I think augmentation was something that we focused on uh, early last year. Over the year last year, what we focused on is two things. One is, as I was mentioning, very specialized virtual agent. So we call them task uh, VA. So they are specialized to the T for a particular task. Now, the, a broad uh, analogy to this would be microservices in the enterprise software stack, where you have distinct parts of the stack and you build microservices so that they, they're truly integrated, but separate. Uh, in a modular fashion from from your master code base, so that's what we we saw um, was highly highly successful with with our customers. That uh, customers deployed this for bill payments, they deployed this for uh, rebooking of uh, their itineraries, they deployed this for uh, just understanding what a add on feature would be to their given subscription and the implications uh, after that for for the costs so on and so forth. Um, the other aspect is to uh, really assist agents in a manner that is not just academic. Uh, we had seen a lot of uh, efforts across our industry 
to just say like, hey, we'll provide agent superpower, but literally what they're doing is opening another tab and just showing them the knowledge base that was in their training videos. Now, if those training videos and those material were that highly successful, the, you wouldn't need that anyway. Again, taking a, a, a little shot at it, but what it, where I'm getting at is um, taking bits and pieces of that, uh, being able to go way beyond sentiment analysis and actually into context analysis be able to do agent assist with very, very specific and nuanced points of the conversations. So it's, it's, it's gone way further away from just sentiment analysis, letting the agent know, Hey, this, this customer's coming in a little bit hot because the virtual agent wasn't really able to assist them. So be, please be a little more cordial and all that. So that's maybe like minus one step, then going over to like, just popping the information off the customers. Like Charlie is one of our premium customers. He's platinum level. He has made these past purchases. Uh, he's called about their his last purchase a couple of times now. So be very very careful and uh, just go above and beyond. I think those things and just what we call his personali personalization has happened. And now you take it to the point where hey, Charlie just said that hey, I I had purchased this and I it came with installation but the product arrived and the installers didn't show up or the technician didn't show up. And being able to provide immediate information about, um, there are two options here. We can send you a couple of self-installed videos. Um, we obviously wanna make this right and dispatch the next quickest available installer. And that just builds a lot of brand loyalty. So I'll take a quick pause there and make sure that this is uh, still along the lines of what you were asking for. <laughs> no, it's, again, lots of really good stuff. And I, I like that idea that you're kind of gaining more co kind of customer context and sentiment. And it's even fascinating to consider how you can apply that across other areas of the contact center, like the routing engine, uh, for example. Um, I don't know, Baker, if there's anything maybe you can add to that. I also, maybe to Anand's point about the kind of evolution of agent assist too. Yeah, well, look, I think almost all the conversation around AI is around interaction management and agent assist capabilities. Um, the truth is that the, what we're going to see is the evolution of AI into the contact center and, and on into search and, and the rest of the customer journey is going to go much, much deeper into the back end and the workflows into the orchestration of the customer journey. Um, you know, I joined UJet back in, in 2020 and I was fairly astounded to see how far ahead of the market we were in terms of collecting metadata and context from smart devices. Um, and other modalities and channels from the consumer that we could use to inform routing um, and sort of non-interaction um, capabilities that we offered. And what I quickly learned is that in bringing the product to market, we actually had to sort of uh, downplay some of those capabilities because there are change management concerns when you start bringing uh, you know, a contact center into the modern era. And there's so many evolutions and iterations involved that um, you really have to take the, the customer through it step by step. What I see now is the market catching up there. And that's what Anand's really uh, speaking to is you just not so much reacting to the market as we've been patiently waiting for the market to meet us where we are. Uh, and I think in a really good position to move forward there. The, the other point that I would make here, which again, Anand spoke to, um, but just to be really explicit here, so much of the conversation is around AI. To make it work, it's about data. And the contact center has always been challenged by data silos. And so that's going to be a forcing function um, 
for you know contact centers and enterprises, not just the contact center, but across sales, marketing, um, and service to get their customer data profiles um, really unified and consolidated, so they can leverage that both for agents and machine learning. But but that is also what is uh, really changing rapidly, right? Because initially you you take that data and make that try to fully obfuscate it and entirely make that the training set, and that took weeks and weeks to do uh, to to properly model that. With Gen AI, what you can do is about 90% of that is already available in the large language models. So what you're basically doing is using that data that is specific to your business as an incredible tool for ring fencing, for avoiding hallucinations, for making sure that it's responsible and in the tune of what your brand uh, just perception or what you what you want your brand to be, as opposed to just using a large language model just randomly and kind of just praying in feeling that, oh, yeah, this, this is going to fit 90% of it, and then the, the 10% are, are just going to have to make do. Well, it, it doesn't work that way. Um, so I, I think with Gen AI, in addition to what Vicar said, just the, the beauty of the data that you have, you can even more articulately use that to cater towards and orchestrate, to basically choreograph your customer's journeys and uh, in addition to hyper-personalization and making sure the nuances are understood by the agents to, in real time, really get meaningful outcomes. Yeah, I think, again, lots of really, uh, lots of really good uh, stuff there. And it's interesting, you, you hear more, more about from the CCAS vendors uh, about kind of becoming more CRM-centric. And if you look at a platform like the Google Contact Center AI, platform and how it kind of uses the CRM almost as the cornerstone um, of its solution. I think that's an in interesting in uh, evolution of the design of contact center platforms as well. And to Baker's point as well, actually, you talk about kind of having to downplay some of your capabilities that you had um, and the kind of customer centric design of it. And I'm, there's a feature on the U of, of UJet, obviously, you can use your, uh, your, your thumbprint as an authentication tool. That's been there for quite a while, and yet I've still not seen any other CCAS vendor actually replicate that um, too. So lots of great conversation um, happening there. And we've kind of sort of talked about kind of the trends that we're starting to kind of perhaps see into the future. Um, but I don't know if both of you can perhaps give some explicit predictions um, for them in the coming years. I don't know, Anand, if you want to start again. Yeah, I mean, I would quickly like to touch on the, the last point is where, yeah, we, we've kind of been waiting just because, again, I think it's no surprise that uh, the CX uh, unit or the business unit at, at companies was never like fully empowered. Um, there were there were obviously exceptions, but they were never fully empowered to embrace new technology. And that's kind of why we had to play a little bit of the waiting game. That has changed now because again, product marketing and CX are again merging a little bit and the lines are getting blurred. And uh, this is in, in tune with mo what my prediction is that uh, CX will get established as probably the number one sure-footed uh, ROI place to deploy Gen AI um, because there there are a few competing places like Copilot's a great one and we feel that it's going to be more on the the front end side of things as opposed to like the core um, core, core back end code stack of things but we do feel that because a lot of these things are merging um, marketing owns the website a lot of lead gen a lot of brand uh, kind of establishment and perception is attached to that um, IT is uh, woven through the entire fabric of the company and sometimes most of the times actually 
is responsible for the CX budget. And then you get product where, uh, like you mentioned, a lot of people are consuming products and services through the apps now and having our mobile SDK as a part of it. Again, we like to bring all these three groups together. And that is what leads to a little bit more of the empowerment in addition to the AI sheen that can be added on top of it uh, to just make it a really amazingly shining product and service for the customers. So taking those together and uh, the leaders understanding that this truly, truly is a loyalty creation tool um, is what leads me to believe that my prediction is that uh, CX gets established very quickly as probably the number one landing spot for Gen AI. That's interesting. That's interesting to hear. Also, your prediction about Copilot, uh, I found fascinating um, there as well. I don't know, ba Baker, if you would uh, add any uh, another prediction of your own uh, to that. Yeah, look, I think it's all about market adoption, right? So um, if you look at Gartner Research, for example, I, I don't agree with everything they put out into this space, largely because of the latency associated with the research projects, but they have a really good handle on historical market patterns. And one of their models I love is the uh, Gartner hype cycle. So it starts with an innovation trigger, and then it goes up to this peak of uh, inflated expectations, which I think, you know, we see AI being overestimated, underestimated, you name it, but everyone's trying to make sense of it. And as all those questions and, and kind of the confusion and concerns arise, there's this big dip into the trough of disillusionment, which I actually think we're moving through pretty quickly right now. But what follows is the slope of enlightenment as your early adopters come online and start to show the ROI that are non-referenced. Um, and then the plateau of productivity. And I think as the innovation cycles have accelerated, I think that cycle is accelerating as well. Um, and I think along with that, you're going to see changes in the vendor landscape. I think you're going to see additional consolidation, more all-in-one solutions, um, but really a big push for enterprise in the cloud um, and in the modern cloud, um, specifically because you can't do one or two big chunky releases a year anymore and adopt all of this change management. Right. You've got to de-risk that with micro releases, which we've always done. Um, but I think you're going to see the market moving towards more and more. Excellent. I think it's a very exciting backdrop that both of you um, are painting um, for kind of customer experience in the future. As, as a final question that I have, um, and this is kind of your, I guess, the opportunity to pitch UJet a little bit, um, is why is UJet given, uh, well-placed for success, kind of given these predictions that you've both uh, shared with me? Anand, I'll get, again, I'll start with you for this. Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, st starting with where we've, we've always been, right? Uh, we we don't do a fall release or a spring release. We we actually do over uh, last year we did over 120 sp uh, releases in the year um, in 2022, 2023. I think uh, I'll get the final numbers, but we did over 250 releases. Um, most of the times, our customers didn't even know because it's true CI/CD. It's true. Um, kind of non-disruption uh, releases. And I think that's what Baker was referring to, that the, the market's going to see, want, demand, and actually command uh, wanting those things in their, their solution. Uh, so I think that places us really well. The second one, as we again uh, alluded to earlier, is um, anytime someone talks about an AI hand-in or handoff, 
to me is kind of a little bit dead on arrival because it's like you're you're admitting that you're you don't have the the deep integration into that yes you can build a fancy um website and a wrapper around things but at the end of the day during true real-time peak hour operation mode for your agents and supervisors and contact center directors it kind of falls down so it's makes for a great sales pitch but uh, the numbers in the operational metrics kind of should speak for themselves and that's why we're, we're really proud of our um our G2 ratings that are uh, several basis points ahead in, in true operational and real, real time, um, kind of, um, evaluation of, of our platforms with, with a lot of runtime, um, over the years. Um, one thing that we feel, and this is a little bit like what Baker had said, that we're kind of waiting for the market to, to catch up or adopt is, uh, and again, it's, there's a lot being thrown at them is, Gen AI is is really good with speech, as we're seeing. It's it's really catching up with speech, but it's always been better with uh, text and images. And we're the only platform that really has a routing engine that uh, is not separate or not just digital for for chat or text. It's not kind of an email comes through an entirely different out of band route, and then voice stays on it. Everything is the same. We have one single. Uh, robust and scalable routing engine that can do up to 40,000 uh, CPS uh, in a single instance without a hacked up instance with four or five different smaller instances woven together. But we're the only ones that can actually take in-band text, images, videos in there and be a part of that uh, Gen AI conversation and get excerpts from, from each of those to truly like... Uh, help the agents understand uh, what the issue is. If it's a wiring issue, a picture literally does speak a thousand words. You're setting up your financial account. A video does speak a thousand pictures and similar for even if you're like trying to uh, just commission a drone or you're like putting together a, a new device or a home theater. So we feel that that is what really gets us excited about the future is like while others would be starting to integrate those modalities into their routing engine or their platform. We've had that for over four or five years now. And just now we're finding the fast adoption cycle for it, as well as the fast implementation cycle for it. So, so we're, we're stoked and um, yeah, we're, we're excited for 2024. Mm. Yeah. And I think that smartphone centric architecture really is another big uh, differentiator um, for you, Jet, as you were, um, staying there, Anand. And, and again, lots of great stuff. And I don't know, Big, if you want to kind of finish us off uh, too by kind of uh, maybe adding uh, adding to any of Anand's points. Yeah, I do think it's about the architecture and, and really about the foundation specifically. Um, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a house, there might be certain features you're looking for, but you're willing to compromise on. If there's a crack in the foundation, it's a non-starter. Um, and so, you know, kind of three key areas I'll, I'll highlight here. One is around security, which has always been important in the contact center. But when we talk about the exponential increase in data requirements we're going to see to sort of feed the AI machine, security is becoming even more of a fundamental concern. And that's always been a, a major advantage for us um, without getting into the details of, of how we manage and, and don't store PII. Um, so security is one that I think gives us a, a really good head start on the market. Um, likewise, scale and resiliency have been kind of the Achilles heels of, of cloud adoption. Um, but based on the requirement to move to adopting these new capabilities and more frequent release cycles, um, cloud adoption is is coming for all segments of the market globally. 
um, and our ability to scale and what we offer in terms of uh, kind of redundancy uh, at the application and carrier layers is, a, is another really big selling point for us in the market. And then the third, you alluded to our relationship with uh, with Google, but you know they are they are a clear leader in enterprise AI, and they're moving to truly an application basis uh, for how they go to market. What we have through that relationship is early access to roadmaps, technology development, resources, expertise um, that allows us to be developing in some cases six to eight quarters ahead of other uh, contacts and our vendors out there in the market. So um, we feel really really well positioned as these capabilities have become kind of mainstream requirements in the market to be able to, to meet and exceed most expectations. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think uh, to some of those points as well, uh, the research from G2, uh, or no, it was Aragon Research who also kind of positioned UJet as a leader recently in the space, kind of mentioned some of those points. And I'll include a couple of helpful links in the description box for anybody who kind of wants to delve deeper on that conversation. But I think uh, lots of really, uh, lots of great um, kind of discussion uh, here today and fascinating to speak to you both and learn about kind of the direction that the CCAS uh, market is uh, moving into. So yeah, thanks very much both for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Take thanks, care. Sean. Excellent. And thanks everybody for watching. Bye for now.